What's up, guys? It's your boy, Robert R. Ricks. Uh, we're going to continue reading Magic Really Sucks. What book does it? And we left off on chapter 32. So gather around, youngins, as we continue reading The uh, Magic Really Sucks. We will continue to do the reading. All right. Let's get right to it, shall we? Hey, what's up, Garen? Chapter 32. Fiji. It's a magical place. Fiji Magical Portal. 9-10 a.m. April 12th. Ethan stared at the portal, and the brilliant blues that he saw took his breath away. It wasn't the first time he'd seen an ocean before. He had lived in the Bay Area of San Francisco and seen the great, and seen the gray, cold oceanscape as well as visited Hawaii before. Even pictures he had seen in movies and postcard paled in comparison with the vista he witnessed through the portal. Dude, what's the holdup? asked Sparkles. It's beautiful, he replied sheepishly. No kidding, let's go! Ethan passed through the portal, and the warm breeze was amazing. The fresh scent of the ocean and the faint smell of some tropical plant that he did not know made him lightheaded. You're mesmerized by this place, aren't you? asked Cat. Yes. Melissa tapped him on the shoulder. See, I told you the place was awesome. He nodded. And you haven't even seen the good stuff yet. This is just the outside location where the normals vacation and do things. There's a secret part you can only get to from here. You can't pour to it, and it's heavily protected and warded. Protected by the guy, the god of Fiji. His, ch his children are also powerful mages who keep watch over the islands. There's over 300 islands. But there are three hidden ones which are large and only available via a special cave here on Vidi Levu. How do we get there? We hike, said Valk. The weather was warmer than it had been in Utah, and Ethan smiled. See, we just got here, and you're already smiling. This is a good idea. Yeah, you're right. I don't know why I was getting so obsessed with those cards. They followed Melissa and hiked for about 15 minutes. Valk, how'd you know we'd have to hike? I'd been here before, as a kid. My dad loved coming here. Before my mom died, they would come here once a year to celebrate their anniversary. As far back as I could remember, we'd come here. It's been a long time for me, but I'm glad we're here. Reminds me of some really good times. Ethan nodded, realized he had pushed a button and wished there was a way to help Valk with her pain. <coughs> Excuse me. Sparkles was trotting along and seemed in good spirits. What about you, Sparkles? What about me? You been here before? So many times it'd blow your mind. This place is amazing sauce. Some of the strongest drinks on the planet are here. And the food. Oh man, don't get me started on the food. Plus, the guy is a the guy the guy is a badass. Way cool. How's the coffee? Coffee? Oh yeah, you're like, you like coffee? Uh, not sure. The coffee is good, said Melissa. When I reached the cave, it was unexceptional. It seemed like a standard run-of-the-mill cave. Minus the crazy graffiti that Ethan had become accustomed to in most public caves that weren't watched by park guards or government soldiers. In fact, that wasn't what was the most interesting. The fact there was not a glyph in view or even a trace of magic made him pause. He'd become so accustomed to seeing magic nearly everywhere that when it was absent, it felt weird to him. They entered, and he looked around expectantly. There's nothing here. He said, somewhat confused. Is that so, young Nephilim? Said a silky, deep voice that was soothing and commanding at the same time. Ethan looked towards the voice, and a large man was there smiling at him. He resembled a normal man in all ways except for two things. One, his skin was so black that the outline seemed to blend into the shadows, and it was difficult to see the whole figure. The second was his head which was more snake-like than humanoid, 
with protruding snake-like nose and huge slitted eyes which seemed to see everything. Ethan was expecting a large snake tongue to flick out, instead saw a normal tongue and small jagged teeth in the mouth. He wasn't repulsed or driven back, but he was startled by how the man had materialized in such close proximity without him being aware. Melissa bowed towards the man and gestured to Ethan. The guy, allow me to introduce Ethan, Ethan Higashi, son of Azazel and a Japanese goddess Amaterasu. The guy nodded. Apology, you are much more than a Nephilim. Welcome. I shall refer to you as Lai Lai Kalo. It means little god. Does that suit you better? Ethan smiled. You just call me Ethan, as you wish. What brings you to my kingdom? Melissa had told me of her plans to relocate you here to get my blessings. Are you here to live peaceful and relaxed? I'm excited to see the peaceful and relaxed. I'm afraid I'm already mixed up in the world of things. We've come to relax and unwind, if that's okay. Of course, all are welcome as long as you follow the rules. Okay, rules? Rules are no combat of any type once you pass the boundaries. In the event of conflict, I am to be summoned to find a peaceful resolution. Understood. Ethan nodded. This sounds fair enough to me. Your house, your rules. Indeed. Know this. Once you pass the threshold into my domain, I am God. I do not care how much power you possess out here. In my realm, you would be but a flea to me. Ethan nodded. Then welcome, Ethan and friends. I recognize you, Valk. As he said her name, three portals opened behind him, and Valk walked forward and he lowered his head, and she pressed her forehead against his. Melissa. She followed the procedure, as did Sparkles, who floated up to meet the guy's eyes. Finally, he smiled at Ethan. Ethan. Ethan stepped up, pressed his forehead against the guy's, and the skin was warm and soft, and there was a sense of peace that flowed into him. He smiled back. Valk walked into the far right portal, and the rest of the group followed. As Ethan passed through the portal, he was captivated. They stood on a ledge which overlooked a wide, bow-shaped valley which was lush and green with various patches of colors which seemed too vibrant to be real. There were two large waterfalls which roared a few hundred yards away from him, and the sky was an amazing blue that had large puffy clouds which seemed to shift slowly into different images. Valk noticed Ethan was staring at the clouds. Those showed a history of the Fijian people and the story of the guy. The longer you stare, the more real they become, and sound will start to play too. It's a trippy experience. It's better at night when the stars are out, and then you can see more detail. Wow. Yeah, I love the nights here, Valk said wistfully. Anyone is allowed here? Yeah, pretty much. As long as you follow the rules, you're good. No violence. And if you have a death wish, you break the rules. If you kill someone and then if you manage to somehow escape from here, you'll have a bounty the size of a mountain on your head. As long as I've been alive, I've only heard of one person dumb enough to break the rules. What happened? I think if we go to the other island, he's still on display as a warning. Picture worst nightmare, and you might be halfway there. Best thing is not to lose your cool here. Not that anyone should. It's a neutral zone. Sometimes you might roll close to an enemy, and your instinct is to do something about it, but the price isn't worth it, so people squash it. Okay, I got it. Where's the food at? See those buildings down there with the smoke coming up? Ethan glanced down and saw where Valk was pointing. Yeah. That's where you'll find what you seek, weary traveler. Sparkle started laughing. Did she just drop a Dungeons and Dragons reference? Valk smiled. I am aware of the game. I felt it was appropriate. Sorry, guys. Um, Sparkles nodded. Well, since we're, we are here inside, ports work. I know my way around, so if you want to take your time, it's cool. Me? I want to go grub. Who wants a port? Valk stepped up to Sparkles. Melissa shook her head. I like the walk. I've never been here before. I don't want to miss anything. I'll walk with Melissa. Okay. See you guys at the pit. A few meows, meows later and Sparkles and Valk vanished. 
Is there anything I need to be worried about, like snakes or monsters? No, there's nothing here that's allowed to hurt us. We can let our guards down and relax. The sky looks different inside here than when we first arrived from Utah. Looks like earlier in the day. Yeah, and here time flows slower. You can actually enjoy yourself and then when you leave, very little time has passed. So this is a pocket dimension. Yes. What's the time ratio? I think it's three to one. Three days here is one day at home? Yes. They paused in front of a massive shrub that smelled like heaven. It was a magical form of Tahitian gardenia, which glowed a soft white and was roughly three times the size of normal flowers. Melissa plucked one and placed it behind her right ear. There's a meaning behind which ear the flower goes. Behind the left ear and you're spoken for or married. The right ear means you're available. Ethan smiled. I see you have it behind your right. She smiled softly, sighed, leading him. She smiled and so softly sighed, leading him by the hand. I wish you would have dropped everything and just came here when I asked you before. He nodded. I do too. I'm sorry. Don't be. You can't help that you're an idiot. He laughed. They continued to walk down a soft dirt path. Um, guys, hurry and get here now. What's up, Sparkles? I think Valk's about to break the rules. Melissa, we have to hurry. Valk's in trouble. Cat, can you see what's going on? Ethan, it's bad. So far, Valk hasn't done anything, but Savage and his thugs are here. Oh, crap. Ethan broke into a sprint and was suddenly surprised when he felt strong hands on him lift him into the air. Melissa had a stern look on her face as her huge wings flapped once, twice, and they were there. Ethan saw Valk, who was staring into her cup, jaw muscles flexed. Sparkles was next to her on the bar. They walked over slowly, and Ethel spoke softly. What's up, Valk? Can you believe it? Of all the places I find him, he's here. Most of his crew is, too. I am only missing one of them. Why would he be here? You cool? You're the one that told me about the rules here. We can leave. I'm not going anywhere. There was death in Valk's eyes. Valk, you know if you do something, it's all bad, right? Some things are worth it. She rubbed absent-mindedly at the red tattoos. Ethan put a hand on her shoulder gently. Valk, please look at me. She did, and in his eyes she saw concern. She could feel Ethan's worry and knew it wasn't fear that influenced him. Melissa also stared deeply into her eyes and smiled softly. Let's just go to one of the other islands. Valk sighed. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to ruin a trip. No way. We'll just jet up out of here. Take the left-hand door. That food is better there anyways, said Sparkles. Valk nodded, and they got up to leave. Well, well, well. Looky, boys. Is it little Valk? A large man covered in tattoos stood there. Boss man, look who's here, he bellowed out. Savage turned from his conversation with a tall, skinny Asian man, and he swaggered over towards them. Every ounce of energy Valk possessed held her in place. She wanted more than anything to summon her blade and remove his smug face. Hot damn, he said as he approached. His eyes were animated, and a smile on his face disgusted Ethan. Savage stared at Valk, shook his head slowly as he got closer. I really should have done a better job killing you, girl. You cost me a lot of money. He got too close to Sparkles, who gently pushed him back. Excuse me, all up on me, man. Back up. Sorry, kitty. Didn't see you there. Why don't you scram? Afraid not, dipshit. I was here first. Me and my pal was just enjoying a drink, so maybe you'd be so kind and as not be rude and bug off, because rules are rules. I'd hate to call the big guy down. Savage took a cautious step back and measured his words carefully. Yeah, yeah. Just having fun. Right, Valk? We'll catch up real soon. Got nothing but time. Catch you later, girl. Valk had nothing to say, but the hatred that burned in her eyes said everything she needed to say. Okay, boys, let's roll. We're done here anyways. We'll have fun with Valky soon enough. Large, tattooed man nodded. Can't wait. They all circled around Savage, and he blew Valk a kiss. Trace the symbol and vanished. Valk had been squeezing the rail so tightly it had dents in it. A small trickle of blood ran on a corner of her mouth where she had bitten her lips so severely it bled. A deep voice from behind the bar caught her attention. The guy was there, cleaning a glass as if he had been the bartender the whole time. The guy, 
We didn't break the rules, Valk said, alarmed by his appearance. He smiled, put his hands on hers and gently rubbed, and she relaxed visibly. Her lip healed instantly. I knew your father well, child. He was a good man, filled with love. Your mother, too. I was saddened to hear of her early departure. I was angry and sad to hear about your father. I know all who enter my domain. I knew the kill of your father was here. I worried about you. I see that was not needed. You make your family and father proud with your strength. A lot of good it does me. I've been hunting him for years. The guy smiled at sparkles. You're a wise one, fake hat. Share with your friend what you have done. Sparkles grinned. I marked him. I don't understand. We Fey are very protective of things and are rumored to be amazing trackers as well as thieves. Well, I'll share a secret. We can mark things, and when we do, we can track it anywhere. When I gently pushed him back, I marked him not once, but twice. And as a gift to you for your loss and your exhibition of self-control, I made sure that the marks will not come off ever, said the guy with a soft smile. Falk's eyes filled with tears. Sparkles, you sneaky little beast. And the guy, I am indebted to you. The guy nodded. I would start with a lecture about vengeance and revenge, but understand what words would be lost on you. But for now, allow me to do one more thing. He reached out and massaged the top of her head, and she closed her eyes for a moment. The guy faded, and a regular bartender was there cleaning the glass. Valk blinked once and twice. Whoa, Sparkles. What's in the drink you gave me? My head is spinning. Sparkles smiled. My lips are sealed. We'll explain it all later, after we get back to Sanctum, said Ethan. Yeah, no sense in having her crazy and upset. I mean, it was the will of the guy, and Sparkles ain't going to piss off no god, agreed Sparkles. Melissa stepped up to the bar. I'll have what she's having. The bartender got to work. Ethan ordered a coffee, which turned out to be the second best cup he had ever had. It was good, but Fice coffee still had a beat. You know, when we get back, Valk's going to want blood, said Cat. Yeah, Ethan said slowly. So what are we going to do, asked Cat. Back her up. That's what friends do. What about the final card? It can wait. Friends come first. That night, Valk pointed out the stars to the group, and they ate food fit for gods, and the heavens above seemed to work extra hard to give an amazing show. Alright. Chapter 33. Sometimes you gotta get savage. Utah Sanctum, 316, April 12th. The three days were exactly what they all needed. Fully rested. Minds rejuvenated. They were sad to leave, but they all knew there was work to be done. So who's gonna tell Valk? asked Cat. I will. I'll explain to her. She needed rest. We all did, replied Ethan. Valk, hey, I need a word with you. Sure thing, champ, what's up? Ethan was nervous. You got it, man. Hesitation kills. Just go for it, advised Sparkles. Easy for you to say. So, uh, something happened when we were at Fiji that you might be upset about at first, but I think when you've had a chance to calm down, you'll see it was actually a good thing. Yeah, like what? Why are you so nervous? Well, um, you see, um, we ran into someone. Yeah, like who? I mean, it's not like we ran into Savage or anything, right? Uh, Val got deathly serious. Right? What, Ethan? What did you do? Instinctively, he triggered his shield. It wasn't me. I swear it was the guy. He was, like, all proud that you didn't kill Savage and then Sparkles had marked Savage, so we figured we'd let you enjoy your time and we'd go get him when we got back. Really? That's what you thought? You know what I think? She was bellowing. Sparkles took refuge behind Melissa, who had her hand on her sword in case things escalated. What? I think you guys are awesome. What? Yeah. The guy explained it to me in my dreams the first night when I slept. It's pretty badass. You guys are too. It means a lot to me you have my back like that. I was just messing with you. Okay, damn it. I had my shields up and everything. I know. I almost lost my character and started laughing. You know we see when it goes up. He shrugged. You kind of scared me. She slugged his shoulder and the armor flashed to soft impact. Relax, champ. You're the last person in the world I want to hurt. 
But there is one I want to hurt more than anything on the planet. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk with you about that as well. I think I understand the tattoos. I want to make sure you understand. You know what happens when he dies, right? She nodded. Yeah, I know the deal I made. Either he dies, or I run out of tattoos. Either way, I die and my soul is forfeit. Melissa looked shocked. Are you mad? Your soul? To who? Lucifer. You dealt with him personally? No, one of his reps. Why? Don't you know how valuable your soul is? I don't care. You should. Do you know what hell will do with you? Do you understand torment and pain? It's worth it. No, Valk, it's not. I won't allow you to pass. I think it's beyond your power. I think it's beyond the power of a guardian angel. I signed a contract and everything. Melissa's face was a mixture of anguish and frustration. Sparkle shook her head. Then no deal. What? If I show you what a dirtbag is and you kill him, you're dead and gone. I can't do that. Falk nodded. I get it, guys. I do. I need to end this. With your help or without it, I'll find him sooner or later. I have new leads to follow up on. Ethan thought back. The tall Asian guy. Valk nodded. Yeah, the whole memory came back to me after I had a night to calm down. The guy just wanted me to cool my jets. Guys, you have to understand something. I've done a lot of bad things hunting this guy down. I killed a lot of people. I've lied. I've stolen. I've done worse. I want you guys to understand those actions alone get me a fast pass to hell. Ethan pondered it. Come here. What? Come here. She came close to Ethan and he pressed a diamond on his chest and hugged her. The apartment vanished and was replaced by a hulking chamber with a scale in the center of the room. A gaunt, skeletal man sat there in loose-fitting robes. Ethan nodded. This was an image pulled from Valk's mind. The Guidestone knew who Ethan wanted to discuss and conjured an environment to impact Valk. The skeletal man glanced at Ethan and nodded at Valk. You brought me a friend. The skeletal figure said in a harsh whisper. Yes. And you wish me to see how far along she is towards hell? Yes. Valk swallowed hard. Maciated man glanced at our tattoos. There were many tattoos before. Now there are eight red and twelve black. You've been busy, have you not? Yes. Please sit with me. Valk went to sit next to the man who shook his head slowly. No. Sit across from me. He took the scales. And they floated in front of him. One side was simply an arrow pointing down. The other arrow faced up. Valk understood clearly and smiled wryly. Cute. Please hold my hands. The man extended his hands and Valk took them, expecting them to be bony and cold. Instead, they were strong and the grip was firm and warm. Let us see how hellbound you actually are. Valk's head snapped back and her eyes flashed black. And little inky tears flowed from her eyes into the air and danced in the sky. Images of the things she had done danced in her head. And she didn't shy away. She faced him and nodded grimly. The tears formed into a ball and landed on the hell scale. A moment, the moment it touched, it exploded into a fireball, and the scale lowered until it rested all the way down. Now, we shall see how much good you have done. All the little things you neglect to notice. The golden flash of her eyes and images strobed in her mind. The old woman she always helped, the children she brought food to, the random donations, the blood banks, and thousands of other smaller things she had never taken in consideration. Golden tears streamed down her face, and they lifted off and made a liquid golden ball and hovered for a moment and gently rested on a scale for heaven. Scales lowered about 10% more on the heaven side. By my scales, you are destined for heaven. Let's take now the task at hand and see what happens when you use all your remaining notches on your arms factored in with the good you are bound to do. The scales rocked back and forth as each notch in her arm was accounted for. Finally, the scales tilted nearly even with the still being on the heaven side. Final judgment on the last red mark for the one known as Savage. The image of what Valk had in mind for Savage flowed in her mind and she smiled sinisterly. The scales tipped below on Hellbound. It would seem the last mark and this Savage would determine the weight of your soul, and if you will ascend to heaven or fall to hell, you have the power to decide. My soul is forfeit. You may believe that, but there is always a way. Thank you. You've given me much to think about. He squeezed her hand gently and smiled warmly at her. You're welcome. The room flashed again, and they were back at, sanct at the sanctum. 
Letha released Valk and smiled at her. Guess you do more good than you thought, huh? She nodded. A while back, Mordecai had me do some testing and then and then see how I was doing with the Guidestone. I was sure I was messing up. Then when I, all was revealed to me, it made sense. There's good and there's bad, and then there's a blend that we don't think about when you're when you deal in absolutes. Yeah, we, we haven't been together all that long, but you're one of the gang, said Sparkles with a smile. Falk nodded and considered everything and smiled. Tell you guys what. I'll play it by ear. When I even think of that bastard, my blood boils. But I didn't even think I'd be able to control myself the way I did in Fiji. Goes to show you, you really don't know until you know. I do know one thing, though. What's that? I want to get him. I want him to pay. Melissa smiled and then had a thought hit her. You know what? I've heard rumors that the council has some seriously messed up prisons for dirtbags like him. I bet Cat knows how to get in contact with the proper authorities. Falk smiled, pulled out a battered silver coin that had some deep brownish stains on it. The eyes cracked me up. You forget, I hunt the filthiest of creatures on the planet. This is my direct connection to one of the most sinister hellholes on the planet. Red marks on my arms are for kills. The black ones are for the ones I kept alive. Well, mostly alive. Once I'm done with incapacitating them, I slap this puppy on them. Binds their wounds up, sends them to PC-7. Sparkles blinked once and then twice. Wait, that place exists? Yep, I visited twice. You gotta be kidding me. I hung out with this guy once who claimed it was real. He worked there as a guard. He had some serious PTSD. He only worked there a year, he said, because of how bad it was. I was like, sure you did. Well, the problem with that place is the visiting hours are open only once a year. Then it rotates around some bad dimensions window while it's here is like three days it's not a fun place i've heard rumors of experimentation and un other unethical treatment of the inmates makes death row seems like a picnic ethan smiled seems like a perfect place for a guy who calls himself savage i've heard about that place it's really for the absolute worst of the worst said cat perhaps valk said considering so what's the game plan then asked sparkles do you have an idea where he is sparkles closed her eyes and focused yes i do He's in Texas. Texas, huh? Falk rubbed her arm and thought. He had a pretty large base there before. Is it near Galveston? Yeah. How'd you know? There's a patch of highway out there called the Texas Killing Fields. Rumor has it he goes on safari with time spells and goes back and kills unsuspecting people. He uses death magic from his fallen victims. I suspect he goes there from time to time to juice up. Some people do that? I thought time manipulation was a no-no. Asked Ethan. It is. That's why his ass is wanted badly. As far as the killing and using death magic, yeah, it's a powerful form of magic. I think it'll hurt you, but I don't think it'll affect you as it would me or Sparkles. I think it has more potent punch on Melissa, but since she can't really be killed either, it'll just hurt. What happens to us? Asked Sparkles. Well, if it's the right type of spell, it could kill us. Necromatic mages are tough to deal with. Fortunately, there aren't many out there floating around. Council usually deals with them, and they've been hunting Savage longer than I have. So this base, you have been there before? asked Ethan. Yep. Yeah. I've marked all of his previous hangouts. Valk motioned, and with a simple glyph, an image of the world floated in front of them. It rotated, and several dots showed up. She pressed America, where there was a few clusters, and nodded as Texas came into focus. This is a spot. I even put some jumps in there just in case I caught a lead on his return. I can't think of anything I'd rather do than reach out and touch him. Ethan nodded. Okay, guys, let's gear up. Load as many hardcore spells you got. I'm going to see if Cat has some ideas on necromatic aspects and see if we can tilt the odds further in our favor. How many guys does he roll with? Last I heard, about 75. Okay, we head out in an hour. Valk smiled, felt energized. Part of her wanted to jump right then and there, but she, knew the she saw the value as growing as a group. She wanted to ensure she had the best chance of success. What do we know about necromages? I've dealt with a few in the past, said Cat, with disgust in her voice. Weaknesses. Light. In the fight. Angelic magic is very useful. Primarily angelic blessings on melee weapons, bullets, etc. Blessings? Yeah, I can see what you're about to ask. Yes, the same works well on demons, especially since Hell uses the same type of magic. So this is good practice, then. Mordecai bless... Uh, Mordecai blessed his weapons in the past? Yes. Anything else? Other than saying this feels like a trap? 
Yeah, it does seem kind of easy. You don't think he knows that phase can track? I'm not sure, but I suggest we proceed just like it's a setup and let the team know the same. Ethan nodded. He quickly double-checked everyone's armor bands and created one small enough for sparkles and doubled the protection on it. He then loaded up his spells and made sure to have a few light-based spells handy to make sure there were no dark corners to contend with. He also added in more healing spells. Thirty minutes later, the group was ready. Ethan pulled out his blades and the magazine from his pistol. Melissa, can you please bless these items? Valk, your 50 house stock ammo or something magical like Randy was referencing on his gun? Ammo generating magazine, why? Because we need to bless it, so any ammo coming from it's blessed. Same with your blades. She nodded. Valk reached forward with both hands and the air shimmered and glowed slightly, and she pulled out her rifle and a longsword from within the disturbance. She placed it on table in front of them. She pulled two blades from her boots. Hey, those are Max 7s from Topps Blades? Said an excited Ethan as he recognized the design. Yeah, Valk smiled. I have one in my collection, here in the Sanctum. These are modified, she said with a wink. He smiled. I'm sure there are. Anything else from Tops? She paused and thought for a moment. Yeah, this. She reached the small of her back and pulled out a wicked little karambit. Oh, that's a scorpion's tail, right? Valk nodded. Yeah, they discontinued it not too long ago. I was going to get another one since it's been super useful. She replied, gazing at the small blade. Really? I didn't know. I wanted one. Yeah? Sparkle shook her head. You're such a blade geek. Melissa, let's bless this, these and go before my ears start bleeding or I fall asleep. I think it's cute when Ethan geeks out, said Melissa with a smile. Valk laughed a little and then nodded. He does seem to get excited about these. Ethan shrugged as he laid all the gear on the table. Melissa passed hands over the gear and said a prayer which Ethan had never heard before. What was that? I'm evoking the Archangel Michael to bless these items, one of my most potent combat blessings. The gear had begun to glow a brilliant white and then flashed once and faded a soft, subtle glow. Melissa nodded and smiled. It's done. Ethan tossed a, blade, tossed a band of sparkles. What's this? Extra armor. Put it on. She did as was instructed. Melissa, thanks. Okay, guys, I want us to go into like this. A I want to go into this like it's a trap. Stay frosty. Keep your head on a swivel. And make sure to take no chances. If you get hurt, I don't see it. Call it out. So either me or Melissa can help. Since there's most likely going to be a lot of resistance, I want to make sure we get in, do damage, and get Valk to her target. Let her do what she needs to do. Questions? Everyone's quiet. Okay, let's let's get us a bad guy, Valk. Valk made a few passes in the air and the portal sprang up where she had left her hidden glyph. She scanned her room ahead and saw there were roughly ten men in the area. There were two by the door and eight were in front of a large wall-sized TV playing a game. Ten in a room. When we come in, we have the wall at her back, door to the right. Two men there. Eight directly in front that seemed distracted by some kind of video game. Ethan nodded. Armor up. They all pressed their bands, and even though the mood was serious, Ethan smiled when he saw the armor spring up around sparkles. The extra enchant on it was a barbed barrier. All the armor covered everyone, and then faded and shifted in a light slightly. Okay, Valk, your show. Call out targets? Yeah. You and Melissa take the eight. Sparkles stay with me and we'll take out the door. Sparkles nodded. Valk traced a glyph in the air and motioned towards each member of the team. You get white targets, Melissa. Blue for you, Ethan. Red for you, Sparkles. Huh? Asked Sparkles. You'll see. I usually work alone, but sometimes you get big targets like this, and this way it keeps the confusion at bay. If we don't hit the same targets, it'll make sense. Valk walked through the portal. The team followed quietly and slowly. They passed in, and Valk slid right as did Sparkles. Ethan and Melissa moved silently left and examined the room of the building. It was a large area, painted in black, with airbrushed skeletal figures dancing along the wall. In the center of the painting was a woman with several large cuts with blood flowing in huge rivers. And a red torrent flowed low around her and rose up in a large wave to the left and right of the walls. The skeletal figures had goblets in their hand raised up in a toasting position. There were indeed ten men in the room, and Ethan could see them dimly in the low light. The screen on the wall was easily a hundred feet high and on it he could see they were playing a fighting game with superhero characters. Some of the six men were cheering as the two men battled it out. Suddenly four of the men had blue outlines on blue outlines on them. Four others were outlined in white. Looking to his right, Ethan thought, saw the two men by the door were also looking at the screen, watching the game with big smiles on their faces. One was lit in red, the other in purple. Nice little system she has. Makes it easy to see, said Cat. What's the protocol? Kill or maim? 
ass sparkles. We'll see what Valk does and backer play. These guys aren't going to pull punches. I personally don't want to play hero and have one of these guys get off a lucky shot and one of us go down. So even if we pull punches, we go in hard. Ethan watched as Valk rubbed her black marks and one glowed faintly. Looks like she's not going for kill shots, noted Cat. Understood, said Ethan. Got it, replied Sparkles. Ethan looked at Melissa, who was watching Valk like a hawk, and she met Ethan's gaze and she understood. She pulled her bow out, and as she raised her hand in the air, four arrows materialized. Valk moved with such speed that for the brief for a brief moment Ethan hadn't noticed she was gone. Sparkles also moved with lethal speed and stealth. A moment later the two men in the door were down. Ethan leapt forward with speed matching, a jumping spider pouncing on its prey. At that same moment, Melissa's arrows hit the four targets. They dropped instantly. Two of the men turned to see what had hap what happened and saw Ethan's open palm strikes and they went down with a bare thud. The TV was so loud that the main two players hadn't even noticed any of the commotion. Ethan traced two glyphs in the air, slammed the glyphs into their backs. The glyphs exploded and the men fell. Ethan glanced at the TV and noted, Oh, it's a new Injustice game. Nice. He quickly joined up with Valk and Melissa at the door. Ten down, sixty-five to go, he said with a grin. Valk opened a door in front of them and entered the next room, which was also large. This one had two floors and an open space. In the center of the room had a small box. Other than that, it appeared empty. Oh, this is so obviously a trap, said Sparkles. Agreed. Sparkles, go Astro, see what you see replied Valk in a tense tone. Sparkles nodded and faded. She reappeared and smiled. Yeah, it's a poor trap. I can see where it goes. There's a few of them in there. I see those as well. Additionally, if you see the second floor there, there's two men hiding. Cat said all business and tense in her tone. Cat sees two men hiding. Where? Second floor. One o'clock. One o'clock. Valk smiled. Be right back. Valk walked into the room with a jump that Ethan didn't think was possible was on the second floor and two bodies flew in, in the air and landed towards the box in the center room. They flashed mid-air and then it disappeared. Sparkles jumped and was with her. Melissa grabbed Ethan and carried him to the rest of the, to the, rest of the team on the second floor. Okay, so they were expecting something. Not the previous group, but these guys were. Ethan nodded, saw an open door and pointed. Valka examined it and nodded. She walked in as she did. She looked confused. What's up? This looks like it goes back into the room where we took out the first group. Huh? Ethan, it's another port trap. Pull back Valk now. A brilliant flash and they were standing in what felt like sand. Their eyes cleared and the room was dark. Ethan couldn't see anything but a pale red glow which circled them roughly a hundred yards around them. He could hear shuffling and breathing. The acoustics were odd. It had a faint feeling like they were in a large open space. Crap, said Cat sourly. What? Remember I said trap? Yeah, well we're in it now. I see close to a thousand people and five really large heat signatures barely behind some colder walls. Just great. Sparkle sounded nervous. Ethan let fly one of his light spells which illuminated the area as well as a large group of men in front of them armed with AR-15s with green lasers trained on each of the group. Behind the group was a large walls that rose up 25 feet and seats all filled to capacity with corpses in various degrees of decomposition. They sat there silently expectantly. Ethan counted twelve men heavily armed in front of him. They were illuminated quickly. Three in blue, three in white, three in red, three in purple. Ethan acted as if he was putting his hands up. Melissa did the same and she took a slow step to the left, planted her foot in the sand and in the sand prepped. Sparkle stepped behind Valk. Valk just stood her ground waiting. Hey guys, we give up. We were stopping by to see an old friend. Shut it! Drop your weapons now, or... The man couldn't finish his words as Ethan moved so fast he didn't have a chance. Melissa was in the air and swooped down on her targets. Sparkles had vanished and reappeared behind three targets who she hit low and hard. Valk jumped into a huge front flip, landing a ferocious kick to the head of one who had been talking to them. Gunfire rang out and deflected off of body armor. Ethan was relieved to see there wasn't anything special about the ammo they were using. A few moments later, all the armored soldiers were down. A faint clapping could be heard, which caught the group's attention instantly. Nice show, kids. I'm streaming this live around the world, you know. This is almost guaranteed to go viral. Valk turned towards the clapping and she saw Savage. She also saw hundreds of ghostly figures around him that seemed shackled and afraid. Owen Johnson, 
You're wanted dead or alive. I'm partial to the dead part, but you have one chance to surrender. That's hilarious. You know what? Your daddy said the same thing to me, almost verbatim. Then when I caught him slipping and chained his ass up, he was so afraid. Not for his life, no. He was a boss. He wasn't afraid of nothing, at least nothing I could do to him. But when I found out he had his kid nearby at a safe house, well, I couldn't resist. I told him I was going to find you and then kill him in front of you and do some horrible things to his little girl. He went bananas. Wait, why tell you when I can show you? Check this out. Images appeared around the arena, showing a man chained up with nasty barbed hooks piercing his body. His breathing was labored. There was Savage, who replayed the whole event. Valk watched in silence, her eyes filling with tears and turning red. Her breathing was calm. She took a slow, she took long, slow breaths. Nothing? You know, I got over a million hits on the dark net. I'm sure taking you out is going to be even better. You want a piece of me, little girl? All this time, you thought you were hunting me? I went to the Oracle. She told me you'd find me. All I had to do was make sure your friends wouldn't get involved. But you know what was exciting? I asked her who would win in a fight between you and me. You know what she said? Better not tell you now. Can you believe that? The little skank wouldn't tell me the punchline. Well, for all the favors I did for her and the money I paid, I have you here now. So what? Nothing to say? There was a metallic grating sound, and some of the arena walls started to drop. Five gaping holes appeared. Sets of glowing red eyes peered from the darkness. She might be wondering, what the hell are those? Savage was enjoying the show. He continued almost immediately, not allowing for a response. Hell wolves. They are three times the size of a polar bear. They won't attack unless you fools try to do something you're not supposed to. There's special seating right there. Ethan, Melissa, Sparkles, while me and Valk handle some unfinished business. Take a load off, I insist. Hell, Valk, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm kind of glad you didn't die. This is so much better, don't you think? Three chairs rose from the floor near them. They look normal. Nothing out of the ordinary. Valk, what's to play? asked Ethan. They noticed a purple outline on him. What's the rules? asked Valk. No rules. We just do our best to kill each other. No one interferes. Savage motion and the shackles. Shackled spirits screamed out and flowed into the cadavers in the seat. A moment later, spectators clapped and cheered. If any one of your friends intervenes, healing, attack, or anything other than watching, all my friends there will attack, and the hell wolves come to play. How hard are those wolves to kill? asked Ethan, feeling stressed. For you? A decent challenge. I worry more about the sheer number of the undead here, though. By my estimation, they could overwhelm us, said Cat, and Ethan understood. Those wolves are tough. I've seen them in action before. I've seen one in action before, said Sparkles. You might be good, but there's no way I could get one. Ethan nodded. We could grab Falcon Split. I wasn't expecting a double cross from the Oracle, said Ethan, irritated. Well, we do have our cards, reminded Cat. Ethan nodded. Falk shrugged. Well, what are we waiting for? She rubbed both her arms and she lit up brilliantly. Oh, the marks! That's pretty sick! I heard you sold your soul for those. Am I worth all that to you? Did I hit a nerve killing your widow daddy? Falk grinned. Come down so I can show you how they work. Deal. He vanished and suddenly appeared behind Valk and swung. And she dove forward and easily dodged. Please have a seat, my guests. Ethan waited, and Sparkles and Melissa sat down. I'd rather stand, said Ethan, with a kiss-my-ass tone in his voice. Really? Fido, barked Savage as he circled Valk. One of the large hell wolves stepped forward and was massive. I insist. Ethan glanced at Valk, who nodded. Fine. Ethan sat down as Fido watched him closely. Now where were we? Savage motioned, and three daggers flew forward. Valk leapt into the back flipped, and the daggers flew past her. She landed, and the daggers flipped and came back at her. Ethan's heart nearly jumped out of his chest as he thought the daggers were going to hit her. She jumped again at the last moment and struck them with her sword, and they exploded. She landed and grinned at him. Wasn't that a spell that Jamie Blaze taught you? He tried that same trick with me. Didn't work for him either. In fact, 
That was his last move before he died. Did you get the package I sent? Yes, I thought the middle fingers were a bit melodramatic, though. I thought they were pretty measured, as I had the whole body to choose parts from. Savage growled and motioned, and a black blade with a heavy red glow materialized. Playtime's over, kiddo. It's been fun. He charged in with a ferocious overhand, overhand swing which Valk deflected, and her blade swung out and nearly bled him. He jumped back with a smile. Pretty fast, kid. Your daddy was, too. Want a smooth that jacked him? He said harsh words, and suddenly it appeared as if he had eight arms, each with a sword. They came down in furious sets of attack. Valk's armor blocked the majority, each hit flashing the armor until it failed at one location, and one of the blades nicked her chin. Whoops. Looks like I gotcha. Just a spoiler. Blades are tipped with a poison. You'll start to slow down, trip a little, and then boom. He charged in again, and she fought back and jumped over him and managed to cut his shoulder. She landed and again resumed a defensive posture. He groaned with a cut. Damn, your daddy would be proud. You're doing better than he did. How's that poison feeling? Dog felt flushed. Her heart was racing. She was sweating bullets. I could see the poison in her. What do we do? asked Sparkles. We wait for Valk. This is her fight. We don't do anything unless she lets us know or she's unable. Valk took a step back, shook her head quickly. Not going to help. Soon, you won't be able to see me at all. And that special armor you got is going to fail. He jumped, and Valk again blocked and parried. Although slower this time, and her attack missed by a wide arc, and he smiled, and he slammed his armor his arms together and a huge explosion sent Valk crashing into a wall near Fido, who didn't look away from Ethan. Valk's armor shimmered, seemed to crack in several locations. Come on, kid. This is too easy, taunted Savage. Valk sprang forward, still deadly. She swung her sword and slashed Savage's right arm and his blade fell to the ground. Valk picked it up, swung it, again cutting Savage. You are immune to your own poison? Who made it for you? Magatha? Yeah, she taught me a lot about your organization. Savage growled, pressed the attack, now realizing he also had poison in his system. Enough! He swung with seven blades and managed to disarm Valk and land three cuts on her arms. She fell to the ground, breathing heavily. He jumped in, prepared to deliver the death strike, and as he was closing, she rolled towards him and pulled her two daggers from her boots and slammed them into his shoulders. As she did, Savage's blade came down and destroyed what was left of her armor. A blade gash opened her left thigh. Falk screamed out as did Savage who retreated, staring at the two Mac 7s protruding from his shoulders. Falk was on one knee, her hands on the sand, blood flowing from her wounds, breathing heavily, almost panting. Good fight, kiddo. If you had hit my neck, you might have won this. But these? Rookie mistake. Must be the poison. Makes it hard to think. He understood how debilitating the poison was as he was having a hard time focusing on her. It was time to end the fight. And he charged in. Valk reached the small of her back and grinned as she made eye contact with Savage. She made a pass in the air and the Max 7s tore straight down, severely slashing the arms below, practically cutting his arms off. Savage screamed and Valk launched her final attack as she brought the karambit up. She could have taken his throat, but instead raised it up, took, out, took Savage's eyes. He fell to the ground and screamed long and hard. I want you to know, I could have killed you. I win. You lose, asshole. Savage laughed. Is that so? All I need to do is... Valk stomped once, and he was silent. Shut up. She took out the silver coin, put it in his mouth. Little silver strands shot out, covered his body, snaked into his wounds. A few moments later, the body was covered in silver and it flashed. Once he vanished, the corpse moaned, and the spirit shot out. Val could see them all. There were many ghostly children who danced around her, blowing kisses. A few older spirits saluted her and smiled. Soon they all vanished. The hell wolves also flashed and slowly faded. One of her black marks vanished. She had eleven black, eight red remaining. She glanced at Ethan, exhausted. Ethan smiled, said his trigger words, which healed the wounds on Valk. The poison is still in her, cautioned Cat. Valk, Cat says the poison. Yeah, it's fine. I spent five years injecting myself with small doses of it. I built up a pretty good tolerance to it. It's going to suck for a day or so, and I'll be a little off my game, but I'll live. Can we continue this conversation back at the Sanctum? Asked Sparkles, who was staring at the empty corpses. 
Yeah. Sanctum. Okay, let's check something real quick. Alright, so I think that's probably going to have to be where we end it because there, this next chapter is about uh, about 11 pages. So we're going to end it here on chapter 34. But that was fun. That was great. We got to, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure the very next episode that we do, though, we'll be able to finish everything out. We'll be, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call the next uh, episode the, the final. And um, we'll go from there. But anyway, um, yeah. So we are now on page 270. And you can see um, Valk was ready for that bite, wasn't he? Woo-hoo! That, was that was a fun thing to write there. All right, so that's going to be it. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's no way I could do it in eight minutes. So we're going to go ahead and end it there. I uh, hope you guys are having a great Sunday. Um, next week we'll be able to fin uh, finalize everything, and that'll be cool because that'll be the, the uh, end of the very first book. And then we'll be able to move on to a uh, second book, or we might pick back up uh, real-time story time, depending if we can get uh, enough people to come into the show. All right. All right, guys. That's going to be it for now. I hope you guys are uh, doing well during this whole Rona Rona BS. Um, and, uh, yeah, just be safe, keep your head on the swivel and all that jazz, and I will see you guys next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. All right, guys.